The Graphic Histories Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the Graphic Histories Podcast. My name is Andre Mayette. I am your host. Thank you to Ookla the Mock for our theme song, Superpowers. And thank you for tuning in once again to the Graphic Histories Podcast. I feel as though if I speak low and enunciate very much, I will sound a lot like some of the other podcasts I listen to. Speaking of which, do you have a favorite podcast? Hopefully this may be in there in your list of favorite podcasts. Whether it's your favorite or not, that's fine. As long as you're listening and you enjoy, I'm happy. But uh, what are you listening to when it comes to podcasts? I mean, I listen to quite a few. Um, I collect Blu-rays. So one of the companies that puts out kind of special edition Blu-rays of cherished cult classics and sometimes newer movies is called Arrow. So I listen to the Arrow podcast. A uh, big influence of mine was WTF with Mark Marin. Um, I love his podcast. I think his interviews are fantastic. I, I never miss an episode. I listen to the Savage Love podcast with Dan Savage, which is interesting. Uh, a lot of stuff about sexuality. People call in with questions about relationships, and, uh, and Dan answers them. And they're always pretty entertaining, sometimes uh, interesting, sometimes horrifying, but always entertaining. Um, I also listen to Lore at times and The Cabin of Curiosities, both by Aaron Menke and a few others as well. But those are the, the key ones I listen to. Oh, and Q and Under the Influence, which are CBC radio programs that are given podcast versions as well that I thoroughly enjoy. But if you're listening to some out there, you have suggestions, please let me know. I'm a big movie guy. I love movies and I have a couple friends that are movie people as well. And I've heavily considered doing another one of these that's kind of movie centric and uh, I have done one in the past with my friend Dan Roper. Uh, we did the It Came From the Bargain Bin, which was uh, really fun. We just watched like really terrible old movies and made fun of them, which is a cool idea. I might, I might bring it back. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, maybe something along those lines. We'll see how things go. Um, but if that's something that you think you might be interested in the future, let me know, and I'll see if I can make it happen. Uh, the comic book world, uh, interesting announcement today. Olivia Wilde has been uh, contracted, is in, is, in, um, is directing an untitled female-centered Marvel film. Uh, nobody, they're not 100% certain what it is yet. The heavy rumor is Spider-Woman, which would be really cool. Uh, Olivia Wilde is an amazing, like, she's a great actress. I, I enjoyed her ever since she was on House. But um, the movie Booksmart that she directed, wrote and directed is fantastic. I know it didn't do super well, but I believe it's on Amazon Prime. I highly suggest you watch it. It's an awesome coming-of-age story, super well done, really, really good, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm really excited to see her bring her talent to the Marvel Universe and kind of do it with another favorite character of mine, which is Spider-Woman, a title that many people have carried over the years. Um, and Spider-Woman does get a mention, uh, one of the Spider-Women, in today's episode. In today's episode, we'll be featuring Darkhawk, a wonderful 90s creation, a kind of... Um, 
<laughs> an interesting character. Uh, you, you'll when we get through the history of it, you'll see his whole his whole bit. But when I was a kid, he was like the new kid on the block when it came to comics. He popped up in the early mid '90s, right around the time I was reading comics and seeing a new hero hit the shelves was very exciting. But the '90s was sort of common for doing a lot of these sort of flash characters that they kind of pulled out, making them young and hip and cool again, and uh, you know darker usually, which was kind of became somewhat of a trend in the '90s. Um, they also, with early superhero comics, they wanted as many people reading them as possible, so they threw the guest stars at them. Almost every issue of Darkhawk, like the first ten issues, had a, like, and maybe not ten, but at least the first like five or six had like a guest star every episode. It was like Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, The Punisher. Spider-Man was kind of the go-to person whenever they had a new hero comic come out to sort of get other people to read it because they put Spider-Man in it. So uh, the Spider-Man fans and, and Marvel fans would go read it because Spider-Man's making an appearance in this episode or issue. So they're hoping that they would spark some interest with people going to see Spider-Man and then stick around. Um, don't know if that helped Darkhawk a lot. Um, I don't think it had a super long run, its initial run. But the character has endured and even to this day has been included in many, many big events in Marvel. The uh, War of Kings he was a part of, the Annihilation... Uh, Annihilation, which is a big space thing, and uh, some other ones that have come up, some Thanos-centric things and a few others. But Darkhawk's interesting character, definitely a big part of the Marvel Universe. Hard to believe he's been around for, ooh, about 30 years now. A little less, but... Which is, you know, uh, fairly new in comic history, considering most of the heroes that we follow and love are all, you know, mostly were created in the 60s. So, uh, 50s, 60s area. So, you know, much, much older than that. So that is a very interesting kind of thing, and there are very few enduring heroes and villains uh, that kind of carry on that are newer, like have been in the 90s, late 80s. Uh, DC has kind of kept a few of them around, and they've definitely stuck. Marvel, not as much. There are a few, Venom being one of them, Carnage being another, um, and those sort of characters that have sort of you know endured and, and carried on. Darkhawk as well, to a lesser extent. Uh, but ones that have become extremely popular, um, there's very few and far between. So, without much further ado, let's get into this episode. Uh, episode 17, Darkhawk. Chris Powell grew up idolizing his father, a New York City police officer. Like any teenager, he was also rebellious, sneaking out to follow his younger twin brothers to an abandoned amusement park. While there, Chris was horrified to witness his father accepting a bribe from a local mob boss named Philippe Bazin. Getting seen by Bazin's henchmen, Chris would lead an escape with his brothers, only to discover a mysterious amulet that placed him with a powerful android form that he would mentally control. Using his newfound abilities to protect his family, Chris would later discover his father was missing. Deciding to use his newfound abilities to fight crime and search for Mike Powell, Darkhawk was born. His powers included force blasts from the amulet in his chest, a large claw cable that could be used as a weapon and grappling hook, glider wings, flight, enhanced vision, and strength. Also, although never shown, when the Darkhawk helmet was removed, it contained a horrifying image to disarm opponents. During the early years of his crime-fighting career, Chris would often team with Spider-Man in the New Warriors, becoming friends with Speedball, Nova, and later Turbo when she would join the teenage supergroup. Eventually, he would come face-to-face -face with albino gangster Lonnie Lincoln, also known as Tombstone. Lincoln would succeed in ripping the amulet from Darkhawk's chest. The amulet being the method of his transformation, Chris was trapped in the android body, weakened, and near death. 
He eventually would manage to retrieve the artifact and place it in his chest once again, restoring his shell and returning his ability to once again return to human form. He would encounter Venom on two occasions, and although Chris disagreed with the symbiote's method of protecting the innocent, Venom thought of Chris as a good-natured hero and held back from incurring any real damage to her subject. Later, he would battle a new villain named Lodestone, who worked for the Bazin crime family, and encounter Portal, a teleporting mutant who encountered another set of Darkhawk armor after killing its owner and wore pieces of it for protection. Eventually, Chris would locate his father, and in doing so, battle Savage Steel, a mercenary created by a secret police cabal that his father had been a member of. After various battles and encounters with supervillains and heroes alike, Chris would make a startling discovery about his origin. His armor was one of five created for an intergalactic alien crime lord named Dargan Bok, also known as Evil Hawk, who stored them aboard his spaceship Osh in Null Space. This meant that when Chris became Darkhawk, he merely switched bodies with the suit, with his human body in stasis aboard the ship, and his mind controlling the powerful Darkhawk body. The scientists who created the technology eventually used it to assault their captors, and after Bok destroyed them, the two survivors beamed their minds to Earth and merged with two Earth scientists. Once there, they created a sixth amulet, which was the one that Chris Powell encountered on the fateful day in the amusement park. Continuing his superhero career, Chris would become a reserve member of the West Coast Avengers, starting a long-lasting friendship with Spider-Woman before the team disbanded. Later, Chris and Darkhawk would separate into two bodies after the suit was given an accidental update to its Darkhawk 2.0 format. The advanced form came with new powers, including a force field ability that could create a Hawk construct and additional weapons he could summon at will from the ship in null space. As the years went by, Chris would come to look at his career in superheroics in a new light, joining a group of ex-teenage superheroes who believed they were addicted to their powers. This group, dubbed the Loners, consisted of Turbo, the fourth Green Goblin, Phil Urich, Ricochet, Lightspeed, and the third Spider-Woman, Maddie Franklin. The group was hired by Rick Jones to locate a teenage group of heroes known as the Runaways. During this event, Chris would have bouts of uncontrollable anger when in the Darkhawk form, later admitting this was due to a nervous breakdown. Realizing his mental illness, he would decide to remain Chris Powell forever and never change form again. However, when it was revealed Ultron was behind a plot against the Runaways and world at large, Chris had to break his pact and become Darkhawk once again, destroying the robotic villain with a force blast. He would find solace with continued loners' meetings and return to superheroics once becoming more stable mentally. With the group, he would battle a syndicate of mutant growth hormone producers who exploited Maddie Franklin to create a drug giving normal people abilities similar to hers for a limited time. Its ringleader, Necra, was defeated by the loners. Later, Phil Yurk would steal Darkhawk's amulet when he became unbalanced due to the goblin serum coursing through his veins. But together, the friends would be able to retrieve it. When the government mandated all heroes had to sign the Superhero Registration Act, Chris Powell did just that, being assigned a security chief aboard Pegasus, a top-secret scientific facility where he battled deviant Skrulls during the secret invasion. Chris would be approached by a being known as Talon, who also wore Darkhawk armor and offered to teach Chris the full extent of his abilities. He would recruit Chris to help him in a group known as the Fraternity of Raptors, all wearers of similar armor to Chris's, in battling Annihilus in the Negative Zone. He learned the Fraternity had actually created the amulets and that Chris's encounters with Evil Hawk and his mental breakdown were hallucinations caused by his mind's difficulty with processing all the information the amulet had given his brain. He would then go on to battle the Fraternity itself when he discovered their goals for universal conquest, and he would emerge victorious with the help of Black Bolt, Nova, Mr. Fantastic, 
in Namorita. After returning to Earth, Pao would be kidnapped by Arcade, a deranged inventor who created a theme park for assassinations known as Murder World. There, Chris and 15 other teenage heroes would be compelled to fight to the death for the entertainment of Arcade subscribers. His amulet would be stolen and he would be left for dead, eventually recovering his health and his artifact to defeat Arcade and return to his civilian life in New York. There he would follow in his father's footsteps and become a police officer, meeting his eventual fiancée, Miranda Cruz, after his amulet stopped working. While walking his beat, Powell would be called to a disturbance at the Wonderland Amusement Park, which happened to be the same place he had found the raptor amulet. There he was cornered by members of the fraternity, attempting to retake the original source of Chris' transformations. One would manage to activate Chris's amulet, switching forms with the damaged Darkhawk armor that would activate and assist Chris in defeating the remaining villains. This armor, now calling itself Darkhawk after retaining Chris's memories from their previous life together, would take Chris to its base, known as the Perch, and reveal a whole new fraternity has sprung up in the wake of the galactic police force known as the Nova's Decimation. Eager to bring the universe to heel under their thrall, and has been searching for a means of acquiring the raptor androids from the null space void to cement their dominance. Horrified by this development, the now self-aware Razor Armor sought to defy this mandate by this cabal of Zila pretenders by escaping his pod and severing his link, which was the reason why Powell couldn't become Darkhawk anymore. Breaking his brethren's connection to their amulets earned the raptor armor their ire and a target on its back, as the fraternity nearly hunted it down for execution until it was summoned to earth by Powell's assailant. Seeing the opportunity to heal itself and hoping to enlist aid in stopping the renegade raptor sect, Darkhawk sought union with Chris Powell once again in order to recover and grow in power. Realizing he had a duty to the universe as a whole, Chris would join with his former armor and become a fully realized Darkhawk, and then begin to seek a way to return to the stars. A close friend and former new warrior named Richard Ryder, who was a surviving member of the Nova Corps, met with Chris and told him of the Raptor's plan to collect the Infinity Stones to complete their dark design. After this revelation, Chris was attacked by Death's Head, an intergalactic bounty hunter hired by the Raptors to retrieve Darkhawk and return him to the Raptors alive. Convincing Death's Head to play along, Chris would say goodbye to his fiancée and travel aboard the bounty hunter's ship to the meeting point the fraternity had arranged. Once there, the Raptors would turn on Death's Head, destroying his ship, an event Chris would survive thanks to his armor. Darkhawk would fight valiantly, but was soon overwhelmed by the vast number of foes seeking his capture. Once in the custody of the Raptors, they would remove his amulet, and their leader Gyre would use it to merge Richard Ryder's brother Robbie to an ancient evil known as Khan an entity more powerful than the Phoenix Force itself. With the new champion they dubbed Dark Darkhawk, and an army behind them, the Raptors would leave for Earth looking to destroy Chris's homeworld. Still alive but barely, Chris would find his damaged razor armor, and the true nature of the source of his power would be fully revealed by its self-aware AI. All the amulets came from the Tree of Shadows, an ancient organic form planted by an elder of the universe known as the Gardener eons ago and grew in the sorcery of the Dark Force dimension. The tree was the repository for all of the raptor amulets, used to empower the fraternity of raptors, and thousands of amulets hung from its branches. When a raptor switched places with a host, the host was trapped within a crystal connected to the tree, while the ancient spirit of the raptor inhabited a cybernetic body. With this knowledge and a new inner strength, Chris was able to reform with his armor and become Darkhawk once more. Chris battled the Raptors with help from Death's Head and Richard Ryder, who was known as Nova Prime since he was the last remaining Nova. Nova made it difficult to fight 
I hate saying this name, Dark Darkhawk, as he preferred to reason with his brother Robbie than fight him. The evil force then shockingly turned on Gyre and destroyed him while stating that he would bring order to the universe, not Gyre. The raptors were eventually stopped when Death's head rigged the power core of the Kree ship the raptor stole to explode. This allowed Chris to reclaim his Darkhawk amulet. Grieving over the loss of his brother, Nova angrily told Chris to stay on Earth or he would have him locked up. After Chris returned to his planet, he decided to stay out of space for a while. Darkhawk later attended Thanos' funeral, along with prominent cosmic figures, where it was revealed that Thanos had transferred his mind into a new body. However, the Mad Titan's minions, the Black Order, would arrive and steal their employer's corpse, while opening a rip in space in order to trap them. While stuck in an unknown dimension, Darkhawk's atoms began to break down, affecting his link to the suit. After being captured by cosmic zealots known as the Universal Church of Truth from a possible future, Chris found out that his body was merged with the armor and that he had become younger than what he was when he first found the amulet. Under the control of the church, Darkhawk and the other prisoners attacked the Guardians of the Galaxy, but Rocket Raccoon was able to free them from the church's mind control and sent the church members back to their own timeline. With a radical shift in his age and a universe in constant danger, one thing can be certain that no matter what form he takes, be it human or Darkhawk, Chris Powell will be there to defend those in need from here to the stars and beyond. There you have it, the history of Darkhawk. Chris Powell, a favorite of mine as a child, not so much as an adult, but, you know, I actually really still enjoy the character and hope to see him given new life in a future series, one that I hope endures for a little while. Uh, As for next episode, I believe we'll be looking into the graphic history of Mr. Mixoplick, a long-standing Superman villain who's had a lot of uh, changes over the years but certainly endures and I think will be an interesting character to convey. Looking forward to that one. Uh, Then after that one will be one of our featured interviews, which I believe I have the person who will be my guest nailed down. Don't reveal that until we're 100% certain, but it should be a fun one. And uh, I've had lots of people tell me they've enjoyed the podcast. I'm interested in being on it, so I don't think I'm going to run out of guests anytime soon. It's a lot of fun interviewing these people, and I hope you enjoy them as much as I do. Another interesting thing I learned recently is that a good friend of mine, um, a former roommate and friend of mine, David Cutler, who is uh, working in Toronto in the the art field doing comics and those various things, is going to be involved in the new Indigenous Voices comic coming up for Marvel, which is focusing on Indigenous heroes. Uh, They're using Indigenous creators and Indigenous artists to put together this book, and I think it's super awesome that Dave's going to be a part of it. I'd like to have him on the show eventually in the future as well. Uh, He won't be my next guest, as I already have that lined up, I believe, but in the future I definitely will be having Dave on to talk about this project and about uh, what living with me was like and uh, all that fun stuff if if he wants to be on, which I'm sure he probably will, but I I will talk to him about that. Uh, and I want to thank you once again for tuning in and encourage you to visit the website, uh, visit the, the social media, the Facebook and the Instagram to let me know the things you want to see, you want to hear on this program in the future. And I'll do my best to accommodate because I love each and every one of you. Thank you so much. And I will see you next time. <laughs>